This podcast has been enhanced, which means it has segment chapters, pictures related to the content being discussed, and links to referenced articles, our blog, and in some cases, GPS coordinates to the locations referenced. Enjoy. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Movies are a heightened sense of reality. Mix that medium with Vegas, and even bad movies are somehow made better. Because at least it's in Vegas. 360 Vegas POV, or Vegas Point of View, is our opportunity to look beyond the narrative of a film and see the filmmaker's vision for the city of Las Vegas. In this installment of 360 Vegas POV, we continue our analysis of Martin Scorsese's movie Casino by analyzing the scene when Andy Stone asks Ace to run the Tangiers, as well as the introduction of Ginger, Ace's future wife. While we do that, we'll compare the film's version of Vegas to the one that actually existed at the time, as well as today. But before we do that, let's reestablish the rules. We want to see how close the movie storyline matches what really happened. We'll start by assuming both are exactly the same and analyze the movie to either confirm this or establish that they're different. As we encounter moments that conflict with the chronological events, we'll acknowledge them, then remove them from the equation so we can move on connecting the moments in time that still match up. We'll continue doing this until we're finally shown something that breaks the last connection we have to the continuity of the real events. Regarding the landscape, we will allow it to help us progress in the timeline, but not to establish a break in it. Conflicts will simply be documented differences between the movie landscape and the real one. That being said, one rule we will make is you can only reconfigure properties, either in location or in its evolution. The moment something can't simply be reconfigured to explain what you're seeing, the game is over. That includes making changes to the infrastructure, i.e. things like roads and landmarks exist exactly where they are, or were, in Las Vegas until something is shown to force us to relocate them. So if we're driving along the strip, and after the flamingo we see the golden nugget, then that's where the golden nugget exists in the film's version of Las Vegas. It doesn't become a problem until we see the golden nugget shown again, but located in a different geographical location. Let's recap what we already know. So far, we've been able to establish that Ace's car bombing happened in 1983, which does not match with when it happened to Lefty in 1982. However, the car bombing scene is a flash forward to the climax of the film. So all we've really learned is that eventually Ace and Lefty's timelines will break from one another. The bombing happened at a Tony Roma's, but located at what we know as Main Street Station Hotel and Casino, 
not the real location at 602 East Sahara Avenue. The strip has been reconfigured, significantly in some cases. However, we've not seen anything to compromise the integrity of the geographic infrastructure. I.e., the movie hasn't shown us anything that couldn't theoretically exist in the existing footprint for the strip. The Tangiers is one of the tallest hotel casinos in Las Vegas, existing where Cromwell does today on the northeast corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Road. The Flamingo is about a decade further along in its evolution than the real property was in 1973. The Dunes has been reduced in size and relocated to the northwest corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Road, where the Augustus Tower at Caesars Palace exists today. Caesars' third expansion tower, the Fantasy Tower, exists six years before it did in reality and was relocated along with the Centurion Tower closer to the Vegas Strip. The Frontier and the Stardust have been relocated southwest of the curve in Las Vegas Boulevard and the Las Vegas Convention Center is located where Bally's Grand Bazaar is today. Andy asks Ace to run the Tangiers. In this scene, starting at 10 minutes and 58 seconds, Andy Stone head of the Teamsters Union, asks Ace to run the Tangiers while hanging out poolside at the Riviera. First, since the movie doesn't tell this part of the story in chronological order, neither can we. So let's set up some history to compare against. Before we get started, since we're already here, the theory that the Tangiers must be one of the tallest buildings in Las Vegas to be able to fit on the tiny parcel of land Cromwell occupies are confirmed when the scene begins at 9 minutes and 32 seconds and a model representation of the Tangiers Hotel Tower is featured. At 9 minutes and 40 seconds, we see Andy Stone, head of the Teamsters Union, award Philip Green a loan for $62.7 million to purchase the Tangiers. Andy Stone is the movie's version of the real head of the Teamsters Union, Alan Dorfman. Allen took over running the Teamsters Union in 1967 after Jimmy Hoffa was convicted of gerrymandering and sent to prison. Allen was the guy running the Teamsters when they awarded the Argent Corporation the money to buy the Stardust. The Argent Corporation was run by a man named Alan Glick, a San Diego real estate investor. Alan Glick is represented in the movie by fictional character Philip Green, played by Kevin Pollack. Random Vegas. The first three letters of the company's name Argent are Allen's first, middle, and last initials. The other three are the first three letters of the word enterprise. To establish a point in time, at nine minutes and 57 seconds, you can see the giant check being awarded has the date May 3rd, 1972 on it. Beyond what we're using it for, it's unclear what the significance of this date is. It doesn't match up with when Glick purchased the Stardust. That happened in August of 1974. What it helps us do is establish that Ace was asked to run the Tangiers We hope you've enjoyed this premium content preview. For access to the rest of this episode, as well as all the premium content we offer, go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360Vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 
360vegaspodcast.com. 